Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more coming up on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The cutting edge of cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company, starts now. Welcome to the cutting edge of cannabis. I'm your host, Ellis Smith, and today we're going to be speaking with Kevin Mayer, the Vice President of Sales and Business Development for Three Rivers Biotech. Three Rivers Biotech is a plant biotechnology company specializing in hemp tissue culture to provide premium pathogen-free, pesticide-free, vigorous plants to cultivators in late-stage nurseries across the U.S. and internationally. Uh, Three Rivers delivers value to growers by providing proven hemp varieties as well as unique high terpene and minor cannabinoid varieties for the extract and smokable flower markets. Welcome, Kevin. How are you today? Very good. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to have you on today. Um, what you guys are doing with tissue culture micropropagation is uh, something I'm very excited about and have been around quite a bit. And so I'm really uh, excited to share what you guys are doing with our audience today. So thanks for coming on. No problem. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic. Usually people get excited about it. <laughs> you bet. So if you would, give me a little bit about your background and what you do at Three Rivers Biotech. Sure. So uh, I've been in the in the cannabis space for, for about five years now. Um, traditionally, I was I was an academic uh, working in a lab at a university many many years ago and uh, toiling away there doing research. And uh, I was very fortunate enough as as things were taking off in Canada, really on the on the legal cannabis side, to to join a company that was that was moving into the tissue culture space and, and worked with them for the last five years. And then more recently, um, you know, moving from that research-related role kind of as I, as I went into that company, focusing more on the business development and sales side of things, um, which really, in my mind, was just helping people understand what the technology was, you know, what it could do, how it worked, and, and how it might work for them, and, and how they could uh, plug it into their supply chain. And more recently now, I've uh, broken off and, and worked with a new company called Three Rivers Biotech, as you said, that uh, is focused exclusively on on hemp in the U.S. And uh, it's just been very, very exciting, I think, going from uh, um, the early days on in the Canadian side to just how much it's just exploded globally on both the THC cannabis side and the hemp side. So if you would tell us a little bit about what Three Rivers Biotech is and kind of your main goal for operations. Sure. So... Three Rivers is very much uh, almost like a nursery's nursery. We, you know, we can produce at very, very large scale um, clones, and you know, clone production is is challenging as you scale up. If you're doing traditional vegetative cuttings and you're, you're taking cuttings off mother plants, keeping them clean and healthy is extremely challenging, um, and just the scalability of that process is, has a lot of a lot of problems. So, you know, in other crops uh, where there's clonal production. Tissue culture has really, over the last, I'd say, 20 years, really just taken off as the sort of the gold standard of, of producing consistent disease-free clones in a way that's more sustainable and, and uh, scalable as you get up over a million plants or 10 million plants per year if you're trying to you know, produce very large numbers. So Three Rivers, we specialize in uh, basically taking varieties that are what we would consider proven, you know, strong agronomic performers in, in the hemp space and scaling them up either... Uh, for a company to plug in, you know, and beef up their own supply chain, if it's a fairly vertically integrated group, or just to supply directly to growers, farmers, uh, and nurseries who are looking to 
uh, receive early starts from us and maybe finish them off for uh, more mature plant sales. So do you guys have your own cultivars that you guys are working with or do you work with breeders that will give you those varieties to work with and, 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 and hand out? And then obviously some of these um, small farmers may have some of their own, own cultivars and say, hey, can you pop or can you give us so many cuttings by a certain date? How does that, how does that work? How does your relationship work, I guess? Yeah, it's a good point. We, you know, we mostly work with uh, through licensing arrangements. So we work with breeders so that uh, we can actually, you know, get our hands on what I think are really, you know, exciting, new, interesting, or just very proven varieties. So we work with a few different breeders or seed companies who develop the, the cultivars and, uh, you know, they license them to us essentially to, to, you know, produce at a large scale for sale. And a lot of groups, like you said, they've developed their own genetics internally and uh, they just want us to basically help them scale up their clone production. Okay. Here's a, here's the 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 800 pound or the uh, let me see the elephant in the room question I got for you I guess is um, you know we saw a glut last year with the CBD production I think I read a number that said eight times the production was produced than our demand needed. How has that impacted your business I guess or did you guys were you impacted by this this glut or was there a glut in your eyes? Uh, there was, there was absolutely a glut, um, but I will say we're fortunate enough that it, it hasn't impacted us, you know, as a, we're fair, we're a newer company. So we're really coming into the space this year, um, and most of our production scaling for next year. So you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I'd say the bottom has sort of fallen off the market very heavily. A lot of people are scaling back, um, decreasing production. And I think what we've seen is, you know, on the retail side, uh, particularly with with the restrictions on on FDA, you know, food additive approvals. W- without that stuff coming in more quickly as people hoped, um, you know, the 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 retail supply side didn't didn't expand as quickly as everyone wanted. So the production side went full bore, and 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 that's really just getting clawed back now. So you know, I I like where we're in. I'll say when where and when we're entering the market um, because I really I, I'm optimistic that a lot of those things are going to change this year over the next eight months, particularly on the FDA side. Um, potentially even as well as some, uh, you know, improvements to compliance around what the total THC cap might be for the 2021 season. So uh, I do think that this is a, a bit of a pretty harsh year, 2020 season. We saw 2019 was for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think 2021 is going to really uh, see a bit of a, uh, another boost as some of the regulatory and compliance changes happen. What kind of facility do you guys have and what type of special licensing do you have to do to perform this service? Do you have a host of mother plants that you're cutting off of? Are you just using TC and microprop at a very small scale and not worrying about plants or mother plants and these things? How are you guys, how do you run your business, I guess? Yeah, sure. sure. So, you know, we, uh, we make it our business typically not to manage mother plants. Um, most of the time, we can just receive unrooted cuttings from either our breeding partners or, or clients who have their own genetics. And we'll initiate those into tissue culture from, from a series of unrooted cuttings and nodes. So, you know, that's where we start. Um, we have a large facility partnership with uh, a nursery called JRT Nurseries, a very well-established large uh, tissue culture lab that's been doing about uh, six to 10 million tissue cultured ornamental and fruit crops per year, um, really almost for the last decade. And uh, through that better arrangement, we're able to scale up into their facility as, as we need to, as demand grows, which is just really nice for us. Um, you know, we can, we can move with the market. Um, we don't have to make too much of a prediction of where it's going to go. And uh, we have, a, you know, just a really great partner there. Okay. Um, 
So with that being said, you got JRT Nurseries kind of doing this for you, and you've also have a relationship with Trilogen Seeds. Is that correct? That is, yeah. We were just uh, we were excited to announce that uh, this week that um, that's one of our genetics partners that we've we've uh, been able to establish a really great relationship with Matt Hedder, their, their whole team, and uh, you know they're just exceptionally experienced breeders. Um, we talk to a lot of people who are, you know, growing seed, um, but not everybody I think is really a, a true breeder and, and these guys really are. And uh, they've developed some really great stuff and we're excited to get it into the catalog and scale it up for next season. Well, I think that's imperative for you guys to stay in your lane and know what your expertise is. And uh, it's neat to see you guys got this, this, this group of resources behind you with the breeding. As we know, this is the obvious future of the game and really breeding for specific indicators. Uh, and so I think that's pretty neat that you guys have those type of relationships in place. I think it's going to just strengthen um, what your customers are going to be getting in the future from you, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, you have to make a decision from the nursery side of things. If you if you want to be the genetics, you know, if you want to be the breeder, or, you know, develop the genetics, it puts you at odds with really being able to acquire anything else that somebody else out there is making that might be the next great thing. So, you know, we, we like you said, we, we stay in our lane, you know, where we live is in scaled production, really being able to produce, you know, tens of millions of clonal plants a year. And, um, you know, we leave the breeding bar to our brilliant partners who, you know, we have a few of them so that we can really just have continuing access to, to the new things that are being developed. I think that's great to have that. Um, Kevin, I want to take a quick break here and when we come back, we'll continue talking about what you guys are doing at Three Rivers Biotech. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. It's time to Hemp Resent. I am going to titillate your audio orifices with weekly radio rendezvous with some of the premier movers, shakers, and history makers of the cannabis community. Radio resident Hempo sapien Vivian McPeak. I will be putting out a call to action on the issues of the day and putting your interests under the big lights as I provide cannabis commentary and weekly interviews that go straight for the nugular. Marijuana! Hemp Resents, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. 
find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues only on cannabisradio.com. Welcome back. I'm with Kevin Mayer, the VP of Sales and Business Development at Three Rivers Biotech. So, Kevin, so are you guys doing anything in THC yet, or are you just specifically sticking to hemp currently? Currently, yeah, our hemp is our focus. Um, you know, I, I won't say that window is closed. You know, we're certainly uh, open to those opportunities as we move forward and look to expand. But um, yeah, exclusively, you know, this year our focus is on hemp. Why is TC so important to your process versus traditional clonal activity with mothers and these things? Why is TC so unique? And so our audience can really know the, why it's important. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a good question. You know, why, why should you even care about this? And, uh, you know, if you, especially if you've just been maintaining some other plants and, and, you know, perpetually taking cuttings for many, many years, it, it could seem like, you know, why do I need to do this? And it really gets a bit different is when you get up into the larger scale production, you know, you basically run into a host of challenges around maintaining the cleanliness of your mother plants. You know, typically anyone who's, who's growing at scale, you know, the, they're going to tell you the biggest headache they have is really just uh, the mothering, the nursery side of the business. But really nobody had a choice, right? When you were growing cannabis, you, you, there was no nursery you could go to to get clones. No. You know, that's something that's developed in the last, I'd say, even five to ten, maybe ten years in some states. But for the most Correct. part, it's really new. And just as a model, even having an external nursery. So, you know, we're all kind of stuck to that model and just starting to, to see as things segment. You know, processing has really branched away. Um, I think the nursery side is starting to branch away now. And you realize that, you know, maybe it's a better business model if I don't have to... Uh, dedicate a big chunk of my space to, to mothering plants because I don't make any money on that space. You know, if I could just be flowering more, you know, doing what I do and just really flowering a great, you know, ter- great plant focusing on terpene expression and, and all those things that are really going to excite people and customers, you know, maybe that's, that's the way I want to go. There, there's some reasons to do that. And you just have to look at really every other, I won't say commoditized, but you know, large market production crops, and they all segment and specialize. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, I used to work with a fellow who uh, had done some tissue culture for, a com- for Syngenta. And, you know, that's a company that makes a ton of money and could absolutely afford to do this themselves. But, you know, you, you reach out to groups that specialize in things because, you know, it might not be something that you need year round, uh, you know, or just that group might have the expertise to do a better job than you might do internally. So, I think we're just seeing that more and more. So, you know, tissue culture as a whole uh, really allows people t- to use a lot less space for mothering, whether they're doing tissue culture internally, if they have that expertise, or they're using an external lab like us, so that they can focus on, uh, you know, doing what they do well and uh, and really just potentially generating revenue from their business, you know, without having the expensive R&D costs around, you know, genetic development and maintaining mother plants and and cuttings and scaling that operation up. So there's, there's a whole host of things that um, are really driving, I think people towards using an external nursery, but big challenge with, you know, the typical external cuttings based nursery is cleanliness. You know, nobody wants to be bringing in disease and we've just seen people get burned. I'm sure everybody here knows somebody who's been burned taking clones from somebody else. All of a sudden they had three new insects they didn't have before or a fungal disease or, or something. And, you know, this, this just, is really a paradigm shift where all of a sudden the model to get clones externally is viable because you know that every plant you're getting is clean. 
Um, so I think it'll take a while for people to get over that fear, but I think this technology is going to help people do that. Well, I think once we get to some um, some some proven resources that can put out a clean, proven product, you know, in in the in the cannabis side, it's a joke. You know, you've got people selling genetics through dispensaries or wholesale to cultivators, and they're showing up with every disease and pest known to man, and uh, you're just passing these things around to to user to user. And my job as a consultant, I'm constantly cleaning up these messes and trying to help people figure <laughs> out: don't buy this stuff from people do it internally keep your stuff inside and don't you know if you do bring stuff in from outside and how to manage it it's just it's a joke and i'd love to see one day for the tac side of our of our industry to really have that ability to go to a nursery and get anything from a clone to a six inch plant to a four foot plant if you wanted to and take it home and all you do is just do what you're good at and that is flowering and so i think we'll get there one day but I think what you guys are doing with the hemp are really setting the stage of how that model can really prosper and really grow and be uh, very effective for us. Yeah. And I mean, on, on the hemp side, it's just, it's just a, an opportunity, right? Because, you know, there's less of a regular hurdle to get into it in terms of licensing and, and you can sell into the entire U S instead of being sort of restricted within your state. So I agree the THC that, you know, there, there are definitely groups that are, that are doing this already internally. I think there's uh, a few nurseries that are, that are almost there and, you know, particularly in California, they're starting to scale up. And, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's coming. I think it's already here, but it really will be more and more mainstream in the next five years. There'll be a few more nurseries in each of the states as they expand, I think, on the THC side. Uh, and uh, we're going to all be wondering why, you know, anyone's still doing cuttings once there's enough, <laughs> there's, there's enough, there's enough offerings for, for them to be working with a lab that, that can help them just do it more cheaply and, and more cleanly. That's it. We'll get there hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with um, you know, we saw CBD where this is the big this is the big push right now. CBG, CBN. We're starting to see the breeding for this. One thing that I've been fascinated by seeing with the breeding and just the new hemp-based varieties, I don't want to call them CBD varieties, even though most of them are, is the the terpene expressions that I've seen that are really familiar to high THC varieties. And I think uh, this is what I think is so neat now is where you're getting folks that can really, who don't want to get the high component of the experience, but can really understand the the powerful impact that the flavor and the taste and those terpenes can really bring to the, the overall experience. And so what are you guys focusing on or what are you seeing the next cannabinoids or what are those terpenes that are being bred for that you guys are seeing is this is my big fascination and I'm always curious to see what's the next wave coming. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this is the big question. It's uh, it's not an easy question to answer. You're trying to predict <laughs> the future. So we'll, we'll shake, we'll shake the magic eight ball here and hope we can see something coming. But I mean, I think it's fair to say 2020 is sort of the year of CBG. Um, there's going to be a, a near ridiculous amount of CBD yep. production this year. Um, completely still uh, up in the air. I think how much uh, excitement and demand there will be on the retail side for that. Um, but oh, if we, if we, I, I would estimate that uh, after this year, um, even even if there's a huge demand for it, there'll still be a pretty substantial drop, and everyone will be thinking about what's maybe next year. And you know, I think 2021 might be an interesting year where uh, CBC takes a bit more of a role uh, okay. in terms of the developing retail products. On the terpene side, I mean, it's a difficult question to answer. But if you look at 
if you just look at for smokable flour, for example, on the hemp side, there's a lot of people producing smokable flour, but it might only make up about three to 5% of the entire production production market. Everything else is for extraction and CBD mostly. And, uh, but on the pricing side, you know, it's, it's, it's been able to maintain its pricing so much more because, mm-hmm. um, even if it's, you know, a few hundred dollars a pound, for example, even in Southern Oregon, for example, where there's just a ton of, of great smokable flour production, um, I think that that that's sort of a, an interesting thing to look at, you know, where I, I couldn't tell you exactly which profiles everyone's looking for, but for sure. the growers that are, are in that sort of niche market, they're, you know, they're doing a, they might not be able to, to do it at a, at a large scale. Maybe they're limited to maybe up to 20 acres, for example. And then after that, it's very difficult to, to sort of hand, <laughs> hand, you know, hand trim and manage and harvest and dry uh, a very high quality smokable product. But you know, they're, they're just focused on bag appeal and they're not having any trouble selling, you know, their material, their, their, their flower, their product. So I think that it is a niche when you, when you look at the larger production, you know, still focusing on CBD. And I do think that that is going to keep ticking upwards. It's not like the demand is decreasing for that or stagnated. It is going to keep going. Um, but, uh, I think if you live in that, that terpene and bag appeal sort of focused niche, um, it's a smart move because, you know, if you can, if you can actually produce quality uh, and your, your focus is on terpenes and bag appeal, it seems to work. I mean, we're just not hearing as many, many of those growers desperate to sell their, their product um, right. compared to, compared to old biomass for CBD you know, production, which is just always going to be a challenge. It's just so saturated right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. We, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't know what exactly the, the next thing is going to be, but I do, I do see uh, smokable flour sort of maintaining its prominence and its its quality and its appeal, um, even if it's only a smaller percentage of the total market there. Oh, and that's the thing. It's hard to answer that question, but I wanted to see kind of where you're, what you're seeing in your networks and your resources you're working with. And I think, you know, you, you said it right. It's, it's now kind of focusing more on the terpene expression, that overall part of the experience. And, you know, I saw a, a lot of non-cannabis consumers step into the smokable CBD side. And this is before there was, in my eyes, a, a comparable product from a terpene expression and experience. And then they were already into it, though. They loved it, thought it was great. Now once they've got, got something that's going to actually wet their palate and make, make them salivate and grease the inside of their mouth with this wonderful flavor, I think you're going to see this, uh, this, kinda, this, this uptick as far as a consumer as it's going to be more specialty product. It's going to be just um, mimicking what you see on the cannabis side with just the look, the feel, the experience, and just overall experience. And so, yeah, I think um, that's, that's kind of my my opinion, I guess. <laughs> no, and I, I, I agree with that completely. I, I think that uh, that's, that's not going anywhere. And uh, it's a stable market to be in. And, you know, there's always a case to be made just focusing on quality and then the experience. And I don't think you have to be a uh, I don't think you have to be sort of a, a legacy enthusiast to, to have that opinion. Even on the, even from, for somebody new coming into the space from just an economic standpoint, it just makes more sense and, and you're not racing to the bottom with everybody else. Let's take a quick break, Kevin, and we'll come back. We'll wrap this up with another six minutes here. Time to cut to commercial. More of the cutting edge of cannabis is coming up. I said palm tree. Yo, 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 this your boy, TJ, Shrimp, that James. You're listening to Dr. Bino on Cannabis Confidential. 
People were so excited to see you supporting our industry, and it's so important to see people who are mainstream, who are out there, that people look up to. That was my first one ever going to, so that was definitely a big deal for me. It's not just, oh man, just come smoke a bunch of joints. It's a lot of science into it. It's way more interesting than a lot of people might think who look down, per se, on what we enjoy. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. My guests say Razzy Berry. We're talking about nature, naturopathic medicine, as well as the concept of prevention and preventing disease. Empower people to live a naturopathic lifestyle. Get to know your body, understand its rhythms, remove toxins, and use natural alternatives whenever possible. 90 to 95% of cancers are due to environment and lifestyle risk factors. That's a huge number. That means that cancer is preventable. The Concierge for Better Living with Doc Rob. Only on CannabisRadio.com. The cutting edge of cannabis now continues. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to the cutting edge of cannabis. I've got Kevin Mayer, the VP of Sales and Business Development at Three Rivers Biotech. All right, Kevin, so we've covered some pretty cool stuff here, and I think it's pretty neat what you guys are doing. I've seen quite a bit of comp- competition popping up in the space. What makes you guys different? Why are you different than the handful of other folks that are doing the same thing in the space right now? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things we've seen with, with some people that are are you know, certainly in the clone production space, and then and then even fewer that are sort of in the tissue culture focused clone production space, is that, that you know we we come from um, you know our team and, and particularly a lot of our team members from, from JRT Nursery, you know they all come from large scale production. So you know when you look at the world of tissue culture and groups that are sort of moving into that space, it's often uh, very academic. Um, without really that operational experience, you know, producing over a million or 10 million plants per year. So our, our team really does have that, that operational experience at scale. So that I think itself really differentiates us from some of the smaller uh, labs that might focus on cleaning up, remediating genetics for people, um, you know, to be able to produce over a million clones a year is, is, is very difficult in tissue culture. And it takes a team that understands how that large operation works to, to execute. You know, I think, there's also quite a few groups that we're seeing, you know, that aren't necessarily, they're utilizing tissue culture, but it's really just to produce clean moms. And then they're still setting, selling cuttings based on those moms. So what we say is, you know, that's not, it's not really true generation zero tissue culture and not necessarily uh, providing all of the benefits that a, that, a, that a generation zero tissue culture plant, you know, straight from tissue culture, not sort of mother from, uh, might give you, in, you know, in large 
large scale field production, you know, as you grow over an entire season, that uh, I think really is going to differentiate us because price, you know, prices are dropping and it's going to take groups that are able to do large scale production and bring that cost of production down, which, you know, our group kind of having come from the ornamental flower and fruit spaces is very well aware of how to do that. Um, to survive, really to survive over the next few years. It is going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of initial competition on the nursery side, you know, even on the tissue culture side, I think as well. And, you know, you, you just have to be producing quality and doing it at a, a very good cost, you know, operational cost so that your retail price can come down and meet what people's needs are on the economic side. Because, you know, we're selling to farmers. We understand that they have to be able to afford this. There has to be a, a return on their investment to spend a little bit more on a clone versus a seed or on a clone versus a seedling. Um, you know, we're really seeing as you compare those things, um, there's a great obvious return on your investment using a more mature plant, a seedling or a clone that's been, you know, pre-grown in a greenhouse before it goes out in the field, just in terms of the amount of biomass you get at the end, uh, some, sometimes almost double, you know, that that's, that's a very easy return on your investment. And then looking at, you know, a seedling versus a clone, um, you know, there's just, there's so much value in clone consistency in terms of, you know, you're looking for, for CBD percentage and potency, and that's going to be a lot more consistent with clonal production over seed production, which, you know, obviously it's seeds are like children. They're all similar, but a little bit different. And clones are very, very consistent, both in their growth and their uh, chemical expression. And on the tissue culture side, we take that one step further where we really see um, is just an explosion in vigor of not having any pathogens basically uh, mm -hmm. already, you know, inoculating that that clone, um, it's growing like a vigorous seed, but with all the advantages of, of a consistent clone, both on the potency and the, and just the, the uniform growth side of things. So, you know, tissue culture itself is a great value proposition. And I think we differentiate on, you know, at our scale and our ability to execute on the million side. And, and we're going to be very competitive on our pricing, I think. And that's, that's going to, it's going to be able to help farmers expand, you know, and, and help companies really just build their supply chains as they grow into the, the growing market. How far is your reach with your distribution? Uh, you guys are based out of the Northwest, correct? We are. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a good, good question. So we, you know, it, it tissue culture is really interesting because you can sell plants at different stages. Uh, early stage tissue culture plants are actually called stage three. Anyone who's sort of has grown plants in the ornamental flower space might be familiar with this. Um, you know, we can distribute 5,000 stage three tissue culture plants in a, in a insulated box. You can hold in two hands and ship anywhere in the world for up to three yeah. days. Mm -hmm. So we, we can really ship early start plants anywhere in the U.S. very easily, just overnight, you know, two-day USPS delivery. Um, and that's really simple and inexpensive. It does get a bit more tricky, obviously, with mature clones that are, you know, in a field ready in, a, in media, in a 72-cell tray. You know, they typically have to get where they're going inside of 24 hours. Uh, so, you know, there it's really easy for us to distribute throughout the, the Northwest as well as even down to California um, and some of the central states. But, you know, we're probably working with partners, uh, regional nurseries in the, in the sort of central regions who would be taking early stage plants and finishing off to distribute uh, more mature field ready clones to, to growers there. Any closing comments to our audience? Uh, not too much to say other than if you're, you know, you're not really aware of this technology. Uh, every strawberry, blueberry you've eaten in the last 10 years or banana was produced in tissue culture. And there's a, there's a reason why farmers both on the economic and the plant performance side have gone that way. And, uh, 
you know, as you said, it's it's coming, it's here, and I think it's just going to keep growing and becoming a more regular part of the mainstream nursery side of the business. So stay tuned. It's uh, it's only growing. Thank you so much, Kevin Mayer, the VP Sales uh, and Business Development at Three Rivers Biotech. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cutting Edge of Cannabis. You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Kevin, thanks so much for your time. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.